Welcome to the Early Accountability Podcast hosted by Kimmy Walker. Kimmy has a track record of serving as a behavior change and improvement catalyst for individuals, groups, and organizations. Get ready to make the best version of yourself a priority. Now welcome, Kimmy Walker. Kimmy Walker here, and welcome back to another episode of the Early Accountability Podcast. Our guest this evening is Tyran Cosby. He is a business owner. He was born and raised in East St. Louis, joined the United States Marine Corps, fresh out of high school in 93 and retired in 2013. Since retiring, he has attained a degree in culinary arts from Le Cordon Bleu, started acting and currently running his business, Life Behind the Beard. Life Behind the Beer is a lifestyle brand focused on not just the outside, but taking care of yourself and the other components that men deal with in life, family, their careers, etc. Tyron, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Hey, Kimmy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Why don't you talk to the audience? Just tell us a little bit about you are actually, you're retired and you're very, very young. <laughs> <laughs> and you have since retired, you've been doing a lot of things and pushing a lot of your passions. Why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, how life behind the beard came into fruition and just like what your goals are for yourself? OK, well, you pretty much hit it on the head. I, I was born and raised in East St. Louis, um, did my 18 years there and joined the military I mean, I just loved every part of it. I mean, good and bad. So I did my 20 years and I retired. But I was kind of brought up in one of those households where kind of like, you know, perfect isn't perfect, if that makes sense. Meaning that you can always be better than what you are. So since I retired, you know, when most people, they live, some die to be at retirement. It's just like, man, that was just a check in the box. But it was like, that's when life really started for me. So I've been trying to pretty much attain all my passions. So just like you say, acting has always been one of the things that I love to do. Um, I guess because I was a class clown so much, so might as well try to get paid for it, you know? So, but I did a little acting in high school. Uh, always loved it. Uh, just never could really do it in the military. But I also say I did 20 years and I acted like I loved each day of it. So therefore I must be very good at acting. So I had to, <laughs> I had to try to pursue it once I got out. So I've been doing that. Uh, I've been doing a few independents, independent films, few stage plays, and it's been fun. Also, I love, love to cook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that has always been my passion. You know, I grew up on uh, like some G. Garvin, Justin Wilson, you know, the uh, guy from Louisiana, be like, I guarantee. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up on a lot of those little TV shows, man, and I, I would just love to cook. And I always said when I was in the military that when I retired, I just wanted to become a chef. I'll be honest, I never really had a passion to work in a restaurant or any of that. It was just like a title achievement for me. So I went to culinary school, got my degree in that, learned how to cook some bomb stuff. And, you know, here I am. But I've actually I partnered up. I have a buddy that's named David Rose. Uh, he's a celebrity chef. So me and him actually met. Uh, a while ago, and you know, we just kind of hit it off. So I became a sous chef. When I say I've traveled almost everywhere from LA to New Mexico to Philly, like all over the world, just you know, pretty much assisting and helping him cook. So it's been pretty bomb, man. So once you were retired, you, like you said, cooking was something that you always just had a passion for. And it, like you said, it wasn't necessarily something you wanted to be a chef for. How kind of important was that for you and just like you said, life and happiness to kind of pursue that thing you always said you wanted to do, even if it's a hobby? Right. 
Honestly, then I will say out of a lot of the things that I had on my bucket list, that was probably the main one that I wanted just because, I mean, I, I grew up cooking. I mean, you know, most of us probably did because our moms, I know my mom, she worked a lot. And my uh, stepdad, who I live with, they worked a lot. So when it's just you and your brother, you know, it's either bologna sandwiches or you learn how to cook. So uh, my mom always had me in the kitchen, but I was just like, I knew how to cook the chicken and the pork chops and all of this. But you know, I look at G. Garvin and they're doing these extravagant meals. I was like, man, I want to learn how to do that. I always watch shows like that to learn. But when I got in culinary school, it was dope. It was an eye opener to so much stuff, to so much stuff that we don't even know is even out there. When did you start Life Beyond the Beard? So Life Behind the Beard was started, uh, I'm going to say a little bit over a year ago by my Marine Corps brother, as I call him, Gary Mobley, a.k.a. Life Behind the Beard. Let him tell it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was started about a year ago um, through him. And this year, probably around January, February of this year, we got to sit down and talking because I wanted to do a particular men's brand myself. And again, uh, you know, we do everything together. So I was just like, man, it's no use of me doing something and you doing something when we do everything together. Mm. So we, we talked about partnership and we pretty much came together. And um, it's been rocking and rolling because like I say, he drives trucks as well. So a lot of times the orders couldn't get out as quickly as they needed to because he was probably, you know, in another state or whatever. So that's kind of why I came in and ensured that everything is running smoothly. And uh, so we've been going strong here. Like I said, we pretty much formed in, in early February. I mean, we've been rocking and rolling since then. So you all sell products. Like what kind of products do you have? But I know you all are really big on it's a lifestyle brand. It's not yeah, just yeah. kind of products. Talk a little bit more about that. So. We're life behind the beard. We're just that. We're about the life behind the beard. So a lot of us, you know, we're husbands, we're brothers, we're sons, we're uncles. It's whatever that a lot of us are passionate about. Like, that's what we're passionate about. We just happen to sell some bomb uh, beard products, you know. So mm-hmm. we're all about, you know, grooming. Because number one, that's the first thing that people see when you walk in the room is you. So we're about the grooming and teaching men how to groom their beards, giving them an uh, awesome product. Because our stuff is not just like, stuff that you'll get out of a store, you know, uh, it's an oil, it's nothing. Like ours literally has a life. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what we mm-hmm. say. Like our bottles have a life because so many people, when they open and they smell it, it's an instant. What I call, like with food, I call it an orgasm. And what that is, it's like you have a taste something and your eyes roll in the back of your head and you're like, oh my God, this is so good. Well, <laughs> I call it an orgasm. Well, it's the same with, with our oil, that, you know, with our beer products. You know, they smell them and they're like, oh, my God, this smells great. So we try to give guys a little bit more than just beer products, you know. And uh, a lot of times on our channels and our YouTube, not YouTube, but our Instagram stuff, you know, we like to joke. We like to do a lot of stuff to show that we're just not here pushing products, man. We just like y'all. We just like to have fun. With just the whole lifestyle. I know, like you said, there are a lot of different roles that gentlemen can serve. Like you said, father, uncle, mentor, friend, husband, significant other, your job. What do you feel? And especially with you have, you have been in the military. Sometimes people have a perception of what things should look like for a man, how they should handle different ups and downs. And you've balanced and you've tackled a lot of different things and projects that you've wanted to do for yourself. What would you say has been one of the hardest things you've, you've went through where you felt that others didn't really kind of understand from that perspective, whether it's being a man or being in the military or feeling that, you know, you can't feel certain things or go through certain things? What's been one of the biggest battles you've kind of had to overcome and fight? 
Ah, man. I think with that one is probably um, maybe more of lot, like a lot of time my family. And what I mean by family is by being in the military, I was kind of gone a lot. So it was times that I had to be what I called an internet dad. Uh, mm. you know, holidays, birthdays and stuff, you know, I had to communicate with my family through the internet, you know, Skype and stuff back in those days. And that was probably the hardest thing for me because I had to go out and basically lead people you know, with my chest out and my head up, but in, in the inside, you know, I'm pretty much dying and crying because it's like, man, this is my son's, you know, first birthday and I'm not there or third right. birthday. It's my anniversary. So it was things like that, that that was hard. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That was probably the hardest challenge that I've had so far. You know, being a dad, being a husband and all of that has been challenging because I always say, you know, we get that stigma that when you become, you know, you have kids, it's like, oh, I'm a father. It's like, man, this is a constant learning job. Like, you're not a professional dad ever. Right. So, uh, you're not a professional husband and stuff like that. So, I, you know, that stuff I've been learning and kind of doing pretty decent with, I think. I haven't, I haven't killed my kids yet, so I feel like <laughs> I feel I'm doing it right. But yeah, that distance thing, it was brutal on me. It was absolutely brutal. But honestly, it did make the relationship between my wife and my kids stronger because we learned to communicate. Oh. We had to communicate. Even when my wife made me mad, we had to communicate because I couldn't go days without talking to her. Like, my wife don't play that. So so right. we had to learn how to work out issues and stuff like that out. So I would say that was probably the absolute biggest challenge for me. How important do you feel that partnership and community is? I know you talked about that with having a business partner and you all saw, well, we're both trying to do similar things. We don't necessarily need to do these separately. And I know sometimes, especially with men, there could be kind of a sense of competition and I have to be better or I have to win. How important do you feel that, like I said, like partnership or community or collaboration is, like you said, communication for males and in just kind of the world? (laughs) Right. I will be the first to say that I don't care who your friend is. You can't always work with your friends. You can't because they may have a different vision in you, different attitudes, and I think what me and my particular buddy is, I never had a problem with wanting to work with him simply because we disagree all the time. We curse each other out all the time. We do everything. But I always say a lot of people use that term brother and best friend. And they use that. I think that comes in when you have disagreements and you get mad at each other, but you know how to patch it up. That's where that comes in. That. And me and him have disagreements all the time. We may go a day or two without speaking to each other, but it's like, okay, that's max. All right, bro, put feelings to the side. What's up? And we know how to handle things. So that's why I think with him, it's been cool. But I think that's the biggest challenge with a lot of people. If you can separate feelings from work, then I think everything will be great. It's when you let them feelings come in, it tears things up. You know, even if they say something crooked or whatever, it's, oh, I can't believe you say that. I'm out. It's like, man, <laughs> you know, you just separate your feelings. Right. You got a good job, good position because right. they said something crooked. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, separate that, man. Separate that. You do a lot with just encouraging and giving knowledge to veterans, to especially men of color, especially a lot about like misconceptions, like we were saying earlier about, you know, how people might not see what you're going through on the inside, especially in regards to men of color and being African-American men of color. What do you think one of the biggest misconceptions or stigmas that faces the community today? And what words of advice would you give other men as far as taking their life beyond behind the beard upward and onward regardless of 
like what society says or the stigma or the misconception? What do you think the biggest one is? And what advice would you give on handling it and navigating it? I think my first question would be like, can we curse on here? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sorry? Go ahead. Go ahead. See what you need to say. (laughs) Gotta keep it real. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Keep it real. You may have to bleep it out. But my biggest thing is just don't be a nigger. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the stereotype with a lot of us, even with business, you can be as successful mm. as you want, mm-hmm. but you still looked at as that. And some people carry their stuff like that. And that's my biggest pet peeve with, you know, even when I'm doing business. And when I say don't be a nigga, what I mean is if you mess up, let's just say you have an order, you have a product that you're shipping out and you mess up and the customer rightfully so gets mad, you can't, well, F you, screw you with it. Like to me, that's, that's just being a nigga business. If you mess up, Hey, man, it is about the customer's feeling. Now, I know there's a saying that the customer's always right, but then that's not always true. But on the same note, we're not always right. So if I can give an example, there's been times when starting this out, I've messed up. I've totally messed up on the order, whether I just forgot, I left it at home, just something I messed up. And when a person kind of sent us a message and check us on it, instead of getting mad about it, hey, I let them know I messed up. A hey, matter of fact, I put, like, if, even if it's a $15 product, that I messed up on, I'll put a $10 gift card in the package when I send it off to them just saying, hey, I just hope I don't lose you as a customer. So I think those are the little things with businesses. It's the leadership aspect of a lot of it that will fail. You know, sometimes making the money and stuff, that's not hard. To me, Mm -hmm. it's those little things, that leadership, that discipline, and just Mm -hmm. having that right tack that kills businesses if you don't have that then. And you feel that's the same way too in just society as general? Yeah, I think in, even in society as well, because a lot of times, man, we just, honestly, I'm not one of them people, but I do see a lot of my people, it's like we walk around with a chip on our shoulder. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it feels like we we feel we, we are owed some, which, I mean, kind of rightfully so, reparations and stuff, but let's just go ahead and X that because we know we're probably not going to see it. But with that being said, like everyone's not out to get you and everyone's not out against you. So I think if, like with me, I love to see other black businesses thrive. I get DMs all the time from other people like, oh, these guys selling beer products. Y'all was better than them. You need to beat them. I'm like, man, I'm not in competition with them. Like, Right. It don't matter how good my product is or their product is. We're not going to make all the money in the world. It's enough money out here for all of us. Everybody. Yes, there's enough. Yeah. If we just had that attitude and not be in competition with everybody, with everything, then it's cool. Let me back up and say, I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> so, so it's like, I call it my inner Kobe, you know, the black mama come out. Like I'm very competitive, but I'm competitive to a point of like a sport. You know, I love bragging rights, but I'm not going to kick you, you know, in order to win. I'm for everybody to win, but you got to want to be hungry though at the same time. Like, yeah, I ain't going to feed you and you ain't going to work for it. <laughs> I guess with us, man, it's just not having that chip on our shoulder and not proving the people who already look down on us. Right. Now, honestly, if I can say this, Kimmy, my vision of black folks mm-hmm. is like we are like top of the top. And I say that because if you look back on the history of black right. folks, how we was beat, how we was kicked, we was walked around like animals. White people just abused us. And right. the fact that we could still sit in the same room today with a lot of white folks and laugh and have a good time yes. says a lot to me about us and what's in our DNA. Yes. So it just seems like if we can just realize that and hone that. Man, mm. we'll, honestly, we will run this country. There's no way we can't, but we got to stop beating each other first. And I think those are really important points that a lot of people aren't talking about and don't really expand on. And I know that's something that you pride yourself on and do very openly. Um, having the conversations that people necessarily 
may not have hitting some of the taboo subjects that people may not necessarily talk about, especially in more open forums where others, where others could hear that. And I think too, with that, what would you say to others who are trying to support, whether it's like in the workplace or in a relationship and what have you, what would you say for others as far as trying to understand and be more, I guess, sympathetic or help support maybe a black man in their life, like you said, like we could dominate, we could do, but what are the things that people who don't necessarily fall into that category, what can they do as far as support as well? I would say if anything, just give us, give us, give them a chance. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you may get, let's just say you get in a new relationship. There may be some that the other guy do, does that go, mm, oh, I didn't been down this road. I know exactly what you like. And that's not always the case. And we do that even with businesses. So I guess I always say, you know, we just got to give each other a chance. I worked with several businesses and they were black owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I was burnt by a lot of them. I was burnt to the point where it goes, I'm not working with another black owned company again. I do. I'd be the first to say I've said that many times, but it's always been a lie because I Mm. I still come back because I want to see my people win. And I know because this dude was numb nuts don't mean that everyone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's yeah, something so that I people could this, definitely take. Yeah. Not generalizing it. Yes. Yeah. Just not generalizing it, man. Just give everybody a chance. You know, even if it is, you know, signs that oh, I've been here before, it may not play out how you have it played in your head. Like I've truly been there. I've truly truly been there on both ends, whether it's relationship or whether it was dealing with somebody else. So I think that's the biggest thing. What's next for Life Behind the Beard? Also, how does the audience find out more about the company and right. the products that you well, have? Our Instagram page is Life Behind the Beard 101. So that's what we are on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, it's Life Behind the Beard, but I think they have it as LBTB on Facebook. Uh, that was automatically done, not by me. So but it still should be life behind the beard that comes up. And uh, what's next is, like, we just want to step into more products. And what I mean by more products is uh, everything that we've always dreamed about, whether it was, like me, one of my biggest things, too, was fashion. Like, I absolutely love fashion. And I don't know if that's crazy for me to say, but I do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I've always picked my wife's clothes out. We've been married 20 years. I've probably been picking her clothes out for 19 years. Right, right. She, she said I have a queer eye for that. I, I don't. Think <laughs> I, I love fat, like from her shoes to everything else, and I do it. Well, I used to do it for my kids, but they're so independent now. Uh, <laughs> you know, they have their own style. So I say that because we want to get into like a dapper side of life behind the beard. So uh, I've always had a dream of having my own suit line. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, shoes. So stuff like so. I'm trying to learn a lot of this as I go along. We always dreamed about having our own cigar, which I don't think I mentioned, but we do have a Life Behind the Beard cigar, uh, Honey Maple Whiskey cigar, which is pretty Oh, fine. wow. Uh, yeah, so we're actually partnered through Alarm Cigar on that. So I love wine. So wine is on my list as well. Uh, so trying to find a nice wine to pair with cigars and probably brand that as well. So we got a lot of things that we want to do, but I, I would say this, the biggest thing that we're passionate about is just giving back helping the young black kids to not go down that wrong path and also helping the, the veterans from the future veterans who may endure some to the older veterans who are currently going through stuff. It's just help them and give back because without them, there wouldn't have been us is how I look at it. So absolutely. Absolutely. Also, you all are on the web. You all have a website. If anybody is looking to 
purchase some yes, of your yes. beer products now. And um, <laughs> there's a little bit of apparel on there. You want to tell the audience the website? Yes. It's, uh, so our website is uh, lifebehindthebeard.co. C-O. It is so crazy with all of that. Again, it, all of this, this life behind the beard thing, it started as just something we wanted to do. It was a passion of ours. We never had intentions on being what we are now. It was just something that we love to do with the fellas. Uh, we had a beer product that they absolutely love, so we would kind of sell it here and there. But it got to the point where everybody was bringing in so many other people and so many artists. I was like, bro, we, we may have to go legit. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what we did, but everything that we love. So, of course, we have the shirts uh, to kind of rock out your life behind the beard shirts. So I'm getting into, like I say, more apparel uh, and things as well. But, yeah, you can find us on lifebehindthebeard.co is our website, Life Behind the Beard 101, Instagram, and Life Behind the Beard on Facebook. Awesome. Give us a quote. What, are, what is one of your favorite quotes? What's a, a mantra you live by or a mantra that's kind of guiding you right now? Um, I know you're going to give us a good one. A little life oh, behind the beard. Life behind the beard. You know, when you put somebody on the spot, their brain go dark. So, I know. Uh, but I do think, I, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but I know it was Winston Churchill or whatever. And he was like, there's no noble, basically, there's no better occupation in the world than helping someone who can't help themselves. Mm. And um, I used to say that on recruiting duty. I mean, this was back in late 90s, early 2000s. But I don't know, man. I just fell in love with that saying because I get a high. And I don't know if this sounds crazy, but I get a high from helping people. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you help someone who can't, even if it's just something as small as, I don't know, $5 or helping them cross the street as they used to do, just certain simple things is big to other people. So when you see that look on their face and that appreciation and sometimes the tears in their eyes, it's like, man, that's addictive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just love that. I would say that. But we do have one in Life Behind the Beard that we say. We say, you know, you keep your head up, you keep your prayers up, and keep your bread up. Yes. Okay. Okay. I like that one. I like that <laughs> one, too. Those are great. Great. Well, Tyron, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, lifebehindthebeard.co, C-O. Yes, um, all things Life Behind the Beard. Stay tuned. They're going to have, uh, already has some great, great products have some more new things launching here in the near future. So definitely follow them on social media. Again, Tyran, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being a guest on the Early Accountability Podcast. All right. Well, Kimmy, if I could say this before I go, I want to say uh, one, thank you. But to the viewers, To the viewers or listeners, I guess that's the same. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who don't know you or whatever. Me and Kimmy had almost like, what, an hour talk before this. <laughs> you know? hey, Kimmy is dope, man. Like, oh, she, thank you. Definitely good people. I'm not tooting no horns here. This is from the heart, man. Yeah, you good, good, humble spirit and everything. So I wish nothing but success on everything that you touch. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The audience appreciates you coming to share your personal and professional testimonies. And thank you so much for the kind words. It means a lot to me. Thank oh, you. Well, well, no problem. I hope, and I'm hoping my show was better than Crystal's show because I have to. <laughs> yes, yes. For the audience, I know Crystal. <laughs> Crystal Taylor, who is what should be two episodes before this. It's Tyran's sister. So y'all def- both definitely have military background, but definitely both come from a very talented, talented family, and you all are doing some great things out in society and your business and just leading by a great example. So, yes, thank you for you and Crystal. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yes, I tell you, you got to be there. That's comes back to the little competition. <laughs> little competition. You got to have a little sibling rivalry. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Until next time. Yes, ma'am. 
It was a pleasure to have you join us on this episode of the Early Accountability Podcast with Kimmy Walker. Be sure to visit earlyaccountability.com to sign up for the Early Accountability Newsletter. We look forward to activating your greatness and helping you reach your goals.